Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast. It's Friday evening. It's seven o'clock, which can mean, as you all know, only one thing and one thing alone. It's time for the Chelsea Fancast preview show. It is indeed. I'm excited. Uh, It helps when we've just beaten the loathsome Scousers the night before. I can't tell you how much it helps. And there you go. So anyway, I'm Stanford Chidge, as you should all know by now. And I am joined, of course, as ever, by the, uh, the wonderful Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Oh, I love it to be here after such a great display. Mm, lovely. Absolutely lovely. Uh, now, um, even better tonight, even better. It's a long time since we've seen his lovely face. And it's just a, a, just a joy and delight to welcome back the return of Mr. Marco Warrell. Buonasera. Buonasera, amici. Lovely to see you, my friend. How are you? I am like Lazarus. You are. Bless your little heart. Slowly but surely. Good stuff. Really, really lovely to see you, mate. It's it's made my week knowing that you're going to be on the show with us again. Now, uh, last but by no means least, uh, to ensure that there is some sense talked on this here show, we always have one of our journalist mates. And uh, tonight we have the return of the lovely Adam Newson from London. Thank you for having me back, guys. Absolute pleasure, Adam. Always good to see you. Uh, Now, of course, unusually, because these are weird times, as we all know, uh, but you are the only one amongst us who can claim to have been there to witness the glory of of inflicting the fifth home league defeat on the Red Scousers. Uh, I mean, obviously it was a bit weird because there was nobody there really, but you and a few journos, but how was it? Um, Yeah, no, it was really good. I thought Chelsea played really, really well, controlled the game. And it only got a little bit hairy um, later, late in sort of second half. Um, I don't know if it came across on the TV, but um, right at the end of the game, when it moved into stoppage time, Thomas Tuchel's assistants were whistling for the full-time whistle. Really? Uh, yes, which I thought was brilliant. I'd never really heard a coaching staff do that before. But um, yeah, so they were calling for the full-time whistle, which I thought was great. Weirdly enough, though, Adam, I have... They used to do that a lot at Chelsea in the 80s, probably not, but, but the crowd would do it a lot. The crowd would do it most of the time. It was a constant, constant whistle. That's so very that's fabulous. That's a fabulous piece of information. Very true. Do you know what? It's kind of weird. I mean, obviously, none of us could have known that, and it certainly didn't really come across on the TV. But actually, you know, Klopp had the look of a of a really of a defeated, dare I say, broken man. And, yeah, you know, and I think if this was a boxing match, he'd have hit the white towel would have been flung uh, Germanically into the centre circle uh, long before the final whistle. And I think it was you're right. I, I mean, maybe maybe you're dead right, and that they did, he felt that they weren't going to win the game, and he and he didn't want to have any more damage inflicting on their fragile egos. Oh, how my heart bleeds. Um, here's the thing, chaps, to kind of like get into this, uh, more analytically as it were. Marco, um, Tommy Tuchel has done very, very well. Uh, I I say that with an air of surprise in my voice and I'm not sure why I'm surprised because he is a very good manager. He's now matched, uh, Mourinho's, um, 10, uh, matches, uh, without being beaten, um, and I think conceded as few goals as Mourinho, although I could be wrong on that. Interestingly enough, he's beaten Mourinho, Diego Simeone, and now Jurgen Klopp, uh, all self-proclaimed great managers of our day, and all away. It's time to take Tommy T seriously, methinks. I totally agree. Um, I, I do think, and I've, I've said this to a few people, that what I like about him is he strikes me as a lucky, a lucky manager 
Um, and, and by that, you know, it's kind of like the runes have fallen quite nicely for him. He, he's, he's, a, he's a keen student of the game. He articulates football very, very well. He knows the players. Um, so all, all of those things um, together and then harnessing Antonio Conte's system from, from four years ago that you'd think teams would have figured out from four years past. But uh, it, it's, it's fantastic to behold. And I think... You know, the, the, the teams, you know, Liverpool, great time to play them. Um, Atletico Madrid, great time to play them with injuries. So, you know, he's, he's, he's been a little bit on the lucky side in terms of not running into sides that are in a rich vein of form or, or um, you know, fully staffed. But, you know, giving credit where it's due, you know, tactically last night, I thought he set up brilliantly, um, played to Liverpool's weaknesses, um, you know, and came away with a one nil win. So you take that every week, and we are doing it at the moment. Yeah, he's doing well, JK. He seems to be making players that we've given up on look completely classy, doesn't he? I mean, Christensen played out of his skin. Well, let's talk time. about Christensen because you're yeah. absolutely right. I mean, you and I, you know, and I, oh. I have to say, particularly me, and you know me, I, I don't dig the players out too often, but I've been saying for Yonks that he's just not good enough for Chelsea, but. I think two things. One, put him in the right position, which is the is, as the central centre-back in a three. But also, as Marco's alluding to, and you, I think, are about to, that's what good managers do. They get the best out of the players, don't they? Completely. But I think it, but that's what every every chairman always wants, isn't it? That, that uh, you get hold of a group of players that uh, aren't wonderful and turn them into title winners and then the, the coffers are full particularly like cloth clough for example did the it cloughers, the, the cloughers the, are full the, the cloughers are full yeah yeah cloughers are full you, but, you, yeah, but, sorry, i was, was going to say you have no idea what a genius you are because you've just segued into a brilliant question for adam i was having a bit of a i was having me dinner as you do and uh, i was scooting through the football london app and they've written a, an uh, an article on there about uh, Tuchel's uh, basically stuffed himself because they're playing so well that Roman won't give him any money in the summer after all. But anyway, yeah. Well, other than I think, well, we thought about we talked about the opposite though, which we said that if if he presents them, if, if you look at the team and think actually they're playing wonderfully, he might then say, "I need I need a striker," because this is an area where we do need. I mean, I was 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 talking to Adam earlier about this. In fact, we had a chat and um, about uh, if Vardy was playing for us, if he wants to play that way. Vardy would score goal after goal after goal just by, by, I have to say, booting the ball up the pitch. It was a terrible moment last night when I, I actually thought I was watching the under-11s because both sides just booted the ball up the pitch and ran after it. But then he realised that's what Werner does anyway most of the time. Oh, sorry about that. That was a bit horrid, but um, but that's just my, my view of it. Like, a, like I, a Jack Russell running after an yeah, egg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, bloke, it's, a, it's a small kid running after a balloon. and uh, But uh, it's Wright Phillips all over again. Oh, Hush with your writer, Phillips. Oh. Listen, Adam. You know J.K. because, as we all know, he is the—he's a living legend and also a, a living genius, as we know. Um, but you lot did write, and I thought it was really interesting take on that, actually. And it's—it wouldn't. I mean, do you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of, uh, and actually, there are very, there are similarities to be made all over the place. Marco alluded to, to it a minute ago, but he's changed to Conte's system. Suddenly, we're not looking like we can get beaten. Hasn't quite got the uh, the the great flowing football that Conte had. Uh, Conte did brilliantly, won the title, said, "Right, this is who I want," and they said, "F off," and we all know what happened afterwards. So, is that what you're kind of intimating in your cheeky little football London article? 
Uh, I think that was from my colleague Sam. I, um, it wasn't you. I should. I, that was it. very true. I should be very <laughs> fair about this and say it wasn't you who wrote it. That's very true. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be entirely unsurprised if if Thomas Tuchel gets Chelsea into a really good position this season, gets them in quite far in the Champions League, um, and then does well in the FA Cup. I mean, it does it does give that that argument sort of credence that maybe Chelsea don't need to to spend a huge amount of money in the summer, but. As you mentioned now, I think we won the title. Uh, sorry, Chelsea won the title. I should try and be objective. No, no, we, we uh, won it. We won it, Sam. It was us we, four that won it, mate. Get it right. Chelsea obviously won the title under Conte and that probably uh, sort of papered over quite a few cracks in the squad and didn't maybe do Chelsea the sort of have a longer-term benefit. So um, I do think Chelsea need to invest this summer still, no matter what happens the rest of the season. There are some big decisions to be made over certain players. Um Christensen being one of them because he's his contract expires at the end of next season. So if he isn't going to sign a new one, then Chelsea probably have to sell him this summer rather than risk losing him for free, even though he has been uh, absolutely brilliant, I have to say, since he stepped in for Thiago Silva. Um, no no opposition player has, uh, has actually scored against Chelsea with Christensen in defence since he does, came in. Does that mean, Adam, that Silva doesn't get back in? I don't know. And this is the really big question because obviously when, when Thiago Silva hobbles off against Tottenham, I think all of us probably are going, oh, that's that's not good. Um, but credit to, to Andreas Or words to that effect, Adam. Yeah, 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 something <laughs> like that. Um, but yeah, so as I say, no no, no opposition player scored against Chelsea with Christensen in the, in the defence since that Tottenham game. Uh, the only goal Chelsea have conceded was the Rudiger own goal. Um, and he wasn't in the defence against Southampton. So, I mean, he couldn't really have done much more to, to put himself in a good position, even though Thiago Silva was coming back. I mean... I, I think it would be really harsh to now Very take hard. him out of the team. Very hard. Mm, it would be. Um, just one, one more point, just <clears> that, <throat> uh, in the, the, the Tuchel actually does have a, a history of making players better uh, um, with previous clubs. He's moved players into different positions and made it work. So this may be something that the club are very aware of. So indeed, Adam, we might end up with nobody being bought and the club just saying, get on with it. You know, yeah. we, we paid all this money for all these players. You make it work. We've all we, we've all well, we've all seen that movie, J.K. We've all seen that movie, mate. I don't want to see it again. Uh, Marco, Mister Marco, um, just moving uh, the the natter on a, a tad um, to talk about J.K.'s all time favourite player, Tim O'Werner. Uh, not to be confused with his German counterpart, the one that's actually good. Um, I thought it was really interesting. I mean, in a way, it's kind of played into um, Tuchel's hands or Tuchel's hands last night because we knew, even I knew, and I'm about as tactically aware as an idiot, but even I knew that Liverpool would play, uh, you know, with a very high block and that they would obviously look to attack us and leave acres of space behind them for the likes of Timo Werner to do what he likes to do best, which is to run into that space and get a one-on-one with a keeper. Um, and of course, their back four's been massively hampered by injuries. So uh, that Kabak player doesn't look much of a player to me. And Fabinho's a midfielder. So it was not surprising to see Chelsea do what we've been crying out for weeks in a sense, which is to try something else other than play 73 passes on the 18-yard line and then pass back to Jorginho or even better, Kovacic to shoot from 30 yards into the, into row Z. Um, so... With all of that in mind, I mean, you know, do, do you think he might have learned a trick here? Because Werner, I mean, I, I'd be very interested to hear what J.K. says in a minute, but uh, 
Werner looked much more like the player that we expect from him, more comfortable in that kind of position, playing that kind of way, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I think I tweeted, in a, in a parallel universe far, far away, he, he scored four goals. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I thought uh, he had a couple of decent chances before he did put the ball in the net and it was VAR'd um, offside. Uh but yeah, I mean, he's got that pace. Um, he's got the vision, uh, and I think Chelsea are now starting to play to his strength. They can kind of see where he can get in behind defenses, whereas initially it was six of one and a half dozen of the other, and try him in the middle, try him on on the wing. Um, you know, and and I just think you you keep you keep thinking every time we play. This is going to be the game where he gets a hat trick. This is it. This is going to be the game, and he just needs that little bit of luck. I think that all strikers do. Um, you know, I mean, even like that the VAR thing. You know, it's, it's just unfortunate. Um, so uh, I think we've got a good player there. Uh, so it's, it's just a question of um, get getting sticking with him. And giving him the support and the ammunition to to do what he can do. Mm, yeah, I, I I would agree with that. Adam's got his hand raised, which gives me an excuse to talk to him rather than get J.K. to tell us what he thinks of <laughs> Werner. But go on, Adam. Uh, what I would say is, I thought the way Liverpool set up was ludicrously naive. Um, and you know, Jurgen Klopp is a brilliant coach. I'm not going to try and argue that, but um, the fact that they played such a high line and that Timo Werner is so quick. It was a game that completely, completely suited him. Um, and I don't think Chelsea are going to come up against teams who do that that often just because, as we saw, it it gives you problems. Why why would you play against Chelsea like that when it does benefit Werner? Even Thomas Tuchel has said that playing against deeper defensive blocks doesn't suit Timo Werner. So it was very curious that Liverpool... I know Liverpool are the Premier League champions and they, you know, they want to ins- you know, put their style on the opposition... But it made little sense to me why they did that. And that's the only problem I think we're going to have with, with Timo Werner is that most opposition defences are not going to play that high line and they're not going to give him that much space to exploit. And Chelsea are still going to have to find a way to get the best of Timo Werner when when defences do sit really deep and, and look to frustrate Chelsea, which if the more they keep winning, I think the more that likely that's going to happen. I think they won't play him. He won't play him, Tuchel, if that's the case. He just He'll just not have him in that game. I think he, he he seems to be like that to me. He, he, it's horses for courses. And I, I felt that, in fact, that was absolutely perfect for Werner last night. And yeah, and he, he, you appreciate that he's, he's very good at um, snapshots. And that's what he did for, for Leipzig, wasn't it? It was, he he, uh, he got into penalty. Wherever he is, he'd beat the player and he'd, sh- and he'd, sh- and he'd, sh- he'd shoot on sight. And he almost scored that brilliant piece of control he did at the very beginning of the game when he controlled it to the right and, he, and, and belted it. And I wish he'd scored then because it would have been a fabulous goal. And that's the kind of goal that we, that's the kind of. That's uh, what we paid our money for, JK. Exactly what I, that's what we exactly paid the money for, son. That's exactly what we paid the 50 million for. <laughs> no, but that's what we expected. That, exactly that kind of move we expected. And he did a couple of other things. And Mount put him through and he hit Allison in the legs. And in fact, Mount's pass was just a little bit too off the pace to the left, to be fair to him. But um, he's, he's still, that was a perfect environment for him. And he did get a goal, let's be fair. And it was, you know, we were back into the madness of VAR oh, again. Let, with, let, let's, let's, you know, with his 
his fingernail being on. I mean, top. let's talk about this. I mean, I, I, I mean, as you can tell, I mean, again, uh, the, the, the most entertaining thing for for a m- much of the match last night was, in fact, the Chelsea fancast WhatsApp group, which is uh, which has got winner winner chicken dinner written all over it, mate. I tell you, but I was a, a tad miserable last night. I was a bit cynical and cantankerous. You went on about it being about the goal of being off sub when, when the game had been going on for five minutes. I know, minutes. I know. Well, I, I have I have a theory, which I've kind of alluded to, although when in public print I had to be a little bit more careful. Uh, but my CFCU article entitled Rage Against the Machines uh, it picks up on Tony's theme. Um, but the fact that, you know, that the, the football and in fact modern life in general is being ruined by uh, machines and uh, people who have more of an affinity, shall we say, with digits and machines than those of us of a more passionate and romantic persuasion who believe that humanity is the solution to everything. I shall leave it at that. But, I mean, VAR, absolutely, Marco, is emblematic of that, I think, isn't it? You know, apart from the fact that they don't seem to know the bloody laws of the game either, how on earth your finger... You you can't score with your finger, so why is that offside? It's absolute insanity, mate. Well, the, the sad thing is, you you, you go into a game um, as, as soon as there's a goal, you sort of think, "Hang on a minute, VAR." Yeah, um, and and then, and then there are other decisions where you know some something happens uh, um, and play gets called back. In fact, the the United game the other week, um, with with the was it a penalty? Wasn't it a penalty? You know, um, it's, it's it's just really frustrating. And and I think you know the whole idea behind it was um, VAR was going to remove ambiguity, but but instead it's it's made it worse. Mm. Because isn't that down to, with the, with the clientele, the personnel involved with making the decisions? Though I think this is one of the problems. You've still got these superannuated idiots who are all part of the same club making these decisions. You know, so that's times. You know, you've got the VAR official and and his assist or her his assistant, and then the referee and his assistants. Yeah, they pay no attention to the, to the linesman ever now. It's just ball in and out of play and offside. That's all the linesmen do now. You know, it, it, it's got to that pretty pass. I mean, when I when I ran the line, when it, uh, when I when I was refing, and occasionally I ran the line, we were actually told um, to to consider the the torso as being because it was supposed to be giving the the attack the advantage, not the defence. And in this instance, yeah. now we're, we're we're it's making the defence have the advantage. And so you didn't actually choose the arms weren't involved for offsides if you were given as a linesman. And yet now we're in this bizarre situation where where they they're checking on whether or not the impetus of the forward, it was obviously going forwards, and the defender is going back. Is it's, it's against the forward, who you know, and and you know, despite my my um, looking as if I'm, I mean, I'm very critical of Werner because I want him to, I want, I want us to have great players in these positions. You pay this amount of money for, but uh, um, ultimately, his his his, uh, I've lost my thread completely. Well, now, don't worry because I'm going to pick it up because I agree with you, and we all agree. I mean, I I don't know any right-thinking football fan unless they're wildly on the spectrum who thinks VAR is a good idea, and that's the point for me. And I said this in our Discord group today. I said it's got to be scrapped. You know, football is a game played by humans for humans. Humans are fallible. 
That's what makes us human. And we need, know, to, we need to effing well learn to live without perfection. This yeah, idea the, of giving an offside because you're a millimetre offside is an anathema to the human spirit of football. Period. The, the, cynic, the cynic in me says um, that the TV companies who we pander to love it. Oh, yeah, because they're involved. Well, I mean, it just creates more... Um, Drama. for controversy, doesn't it? Yeah, mate. I mean, when I used to make documentaries, that's what I was always told. I need tension, drama, jeopardy, even when there isn't any. Anyway, let's wrap this up because we've got, uh, we've got our, our oppo view waiting in the wings, as it were. But, Adam, bottom line <laughs> is that was a fabulous... Perf- I mean, that's the other thing that we should say because, I mean, a lot of us have been a little bit whiny about the fact that it's, it has been a bit tepid, a bit dull, you know, when we're not creating a lot, we're, and if we are creating, we're not finishing it off. You know, he's he's basically filling the side with defensive players. But actually, do you know what? Over and above the individual performances, which I thought, apart from Ziyech, were really, really good last night, I thought we played really, really well. I thought the passing and the moving, some of the moves they put together and the speed with which they did it from back to front was absolutely fantastic. And fair play to all of them and Tommy Tuchel, mate. Yes, no, I agree. I thought there was uh, five or six sequences when they were playing up from the back where things looked a little hairy at one point. But Yeah, I um, shat myself quite a few times last night. <laughs> I have to be honest. But, you know, some clever movement from, from those in front of them. And I think this is what we were saying, I think it was after Sheffield United where I was on when we were talking about the Chelsea being able to play out through a press if they know where they're all meant to be at the right point and they're all doing the right things. And I thought we saw a lot of that um, last night. Credit to Jorginho. I thought he maybe had his best game in the Chelsea yeah, shirt. He did um, all right. He did all right. Fair, fair play. Um, so, and as you said, there weren't many. There was well, you can argue. You know, Hakim Ziyech is, is struggling a little bit at the moment. I don't think he is. Uh, you were saying you heard Tuchel telling him to get back, didn't you? Shouting. Yeah, there was an exchange um, in the first half. Well, back to back to Holland. Um, not not that extreme. Okay. Um, he was telling. I think he was telling him to press, and Hakim Ziyech turned around. There was a little bit of a. Uh, disagreement or dialogue. Uh, I was right at the top of the stand, so I'm not going to pretend I know exactly what was said. But um, but yeah, so there's a little bit of an exchange between the two. Um, and yeah, he he isn't he isn't yet managing to step up to the level that a lot of other players have undertook. But um, hopefully that will come because his quality, I don't think, is in doubt. Like we have seen flashes of what he can do yeah. uh, in a Chelsea shirt. Um, but I guess the other reality to that is, you know, Christian Pulisic isn't playing brilliantly. Kai yeah. Havertz is coming back off if off an injury. Um, so the, the other sort of contenders for that position that, that Ziyech has at the moment is aren't doing brilliantly either, unless you push Callum, I guess. Well, I would, uh, I would do point. that, Adam. Absolutely. Yeah, Listen, we've got, to, we've got to go to a break because we've got Gavin waiting in the wings. But before I go, got any more scoops for us, Adam? We, I have to say that uh, you delivered and then some with that superb piece you did on, on Josh McEachern. Um And we were very, very well behaved, particularly me, because you did actually reveal to me after the show on WhatsApp... <laughs> And I was very good, and I said nothing. But uh, it was a cracking piece. You got any more biggies coming up this week? Uh, we actually have something going up tomorrow because uh, on Monday, on Monday it will be a year to the day since Stamford Bridge was last full wow. uh, for the Everton game. So, um, yeah, I'm doing a piece on that. So I suppose so I spoke to J.K. earlier to get his thoughts. Nick because he was there. I've spoken to a couple of other people. Um, I've got some a couple of nice lines from Tuchel about uh, coaching Milk fans. Uh, seeing as he's taken over. So, um, yeah, that's, that'll be going live tomorrow. So that'll be a nice big piece looking back at that game and, and what's happened since. And hopefully what will happen in the future where everyone can get back and 
have some normality there. Marvellous. I'm looking forward to that. I was in Glasgow at a wedding for the Everton game, uh, pissed on Ockentoshan and other varietal whiskies I'm delighted to say but I'm a bit upset I missed that because it was a cracking game um, as well as your excellent piece there'll be a really rubbish piece from me going up tomorrow afternoon all about <laughs> Mason Mount so check that one out as well Adam always a delight to see you my friend enjoy the weekend uh, get some rest after your uh, rigorous uh, efforts yesterday covering uh, Chelsea for Football London up at Anfield and uh, no doubt we'll see you soon yes take care everyone speak to you soon we'll do Adam. take care Bye. lovely stuff there you go Adam Newson, uh, Chief Chelsea Correspondent for Football.London. Uh, now, uh, coming up after this very short break, we've got the return of a lovely chap. We really we warmed to this guy, didn't we, uh, JK? It's the lovely Gavin Buckland, who is the yeah. official statistician for Everton Football Club. We'll be seeing you in a sec. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chels. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. Of course, I am Stanford Chidge. It's the Chelsea Fancast Friday night preview show, a show that I love to do. Uh, and one of the reasons I love to do it is that I get to see Mr. Jonathan Kidd not once but twice a week now. Well, Chidge, you're, you're being very charming. Thank you. I don't know why. It's, it's probably the massive piece of cake I had before. It's going to give me a bit of a sugar rush. Probably because we just beat Liverpool, Chidge. Oh, there's, there's always that, isn't there? How could I forget that? Uh, and also, uh, I haven't seen this lovely man for far too long. It's brilliant to see Mr. Mark Worrell, the uh, hey, the Ubermeister of the Chelsea fancast, uh, the Chelsea fancast, the uh, Gate 17 publishing group and empire. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed it is. Anyway, good to see Marco always is now. Uh, as you all know, uh, in the middle of the Friday show, we have what we like to call this. The Opposition View. And on the Opposition View tonight, I'm delighted to say uh, we, we've got the return of the lovely Gavin Buckland, who, of course, is Everton's official statistician and who we really enjoyed talking to before Chelsea lost 2-0 to Everton and it all <laughs> and it all went downhill from there on in but we liked him so much that we've forgiven him for that and we welcomed him back tonight hello Gavin how are you I'm fine thanks hope everybody's well lovely to speak to you all again well yeah I mean you're you're, you're obviously still in a good mood uh, and uh, that 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 2-0 wins done you well for the last two or three months or whatever, however long it is uh, yeah I've been uh, waiting patiently to, to... <laughs> Come and see see everybody on the show. Obviously, you know it was, it was one of my first thoughts after the show. After we won, you know, can't okay. wait to get back on. Well, you were very good. You didn't you didn't give me any jip uh, on on WhatsApp or anything, for which no. I'm very thankful. Now, listen, something that we I would imagine are both feeling very happy about. In fact, I'll ask you. Uh, uh, you know, were you as happy as we were about last night? Ah, now that's a very very good question. Um. Perhaps not, because obviously, given that, given our uh, now actually, there's two sides to this. Given our sort of high, you know, we were fourth last night, Bernie, before you played. Uh, technically, the best result for us last night was probably a draw. So when you were winning one 0 all my sort of you know, you know, Evan support, all that type of stuff went out the wind and thinking, 
oh, you know, it could change habits of a lifetime here, you know, <laughs> Liverpool to score in the last minute. Uh, and, 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 and then I got back to reality and thought, no, no, Chelsea wins uh, Chelsea wins better. We can sort that out. We can sort that out on uh, Monday, you know. Well, indeed. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah. Um, watched Chelsea last night. Um, but managed to watch both games last night, which is not bad, considering it's my wife's birthday. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, I, to be honest with you, I was only going to watch the Everton show, the Everton game. When you when you go and talk to me, you said, Oh, can you do the show for us tomorrow night? I'd say, Well, I've got to watch Chelsea now, haven't I? I'm doing the Chelsea podcast tomorrow, you know. <laughs> um, and 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 it was totally enjoyable, wasn't it? If you were if you were an Everton fan, if you were a Chelsea fan, seeing seeing the results of Manfield, I think. Well there's um, you, you may not I don't know if you realise this, but I mean Marco would, would probably bear this out as well, but we we have absolutely no love for the Red Scousers at all. But for the blue lot, we're not, you know, I don't think there's anywhere near the level of antipathy there is towards Liverpool from Chelsea supporters to Everton supporters. Um, and, and maybe we are united in our common enmity of Liverpool <laughs> Football Club. I don't know. I mean, Marco, I mean, I'm, I'm not that wide of the mark there with that one, am I? No, probably not. I mean, it's a bit lively in the in the 80s between Chelsea. Well, that's and... true. That is true. Um, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, but, but, yeah, you know, it's kind of like the... The, the, the Manchester City, Manchester United thing, isn't it? Where sort of City are the lesser of all the evils um, when it kind of comes to people winning trophies if it can't be Chelsea. So, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't mind Everton. I mean, I, I, it's a shame the ground's going. Um, mm. you know, yeah. Well, unless you're stuck behind one of the pillars, mate, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, you know, that to me, that's one of the last proper football yeah. grounds in... in uh, in the top flight, so that would be a shame. Yeah, definitely. Um, what, what, what's, um, what, sorry, Gavin, what's the aim with the with the building of the stadium? Is it to make it into a a, a huge stadium or just a, a kind of a neat one? I don't really know. Um, I've got a both, uh, Jonathan. I mean, the capacity is set at fifty-two thousand, which is which is about right. Um, Goodison's forty, so it's a question of getting a few extra people in, but. You know, it's a great stage and Goodison, as you say, but it's, it's antiquated, isn't it, in this day and age? So, no, it's, 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 I think it's the atmosphere the thing, you know, because every, yeah. every other stadium that they make is like going to Tottenham. Tottenham is a wonderful, brilliant, beautiful stadium, but you can't hear anybody singing at the other end. And so you're almost singing in your own little bubble. You're only watching in the, the, yeah. the supporters. And I just it's a, it's a shame that the atmosphere that is at Goodison Park and the history that's at Goodison Park would would ultimately go just for for they're not profit. It, it, it's that's where that's where they make the money to keep going. It's it's a known fact that uh, the bigger the, the the more modern the stadium, the more the, the revenue comes in. So it's uh, it, yeah, it's yeah. a it's shame it. that somehow that you can't inc- incorporate that kind of atmosphere within a stadium. It's because um, because Goodison yeah. is a great atmosphere. It's a great experience to go and go and watch a game. At a at a at a, a ground that is basically so old, you know, it's that. Yeah, yeah. And, and the fact that until recently you always used to be us probably helps as well, Jonathan. Really, you know. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, at the time, I know what you're saying. They're trying to, you know, ensure that you try and recreate that atmosphere, but yeah. you never can, can you? You yeah. just never yeah. can. Um, you know, it, it's you might get it in some games, but it's 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 the you know the architectural goodness and the fact the stands are right at the right. side of the pitch and it up, you know, like it's here. You know, um, are, are really upright, and there's no scaling back of them. You know, the crowds literally on top of the pitch, and you do, 
you do get that, you're a great atmosphere as a consequence. But yeah. as you say, it's a necessity, isn't it? I mean, we've got to move on. The ground's not really fit for purpose. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame, um, and It's a shame. Yeah, yeah. Definitely a shame. Because, I mean, Marco's bang on. It's a great place to go and watch football. And, and you can't beat those kind of grounds for that atmosphere. Now, the away view, Chid, from actually the up, the upstairs one is a great view. It's, that's true. That is true. But you're, you're, you're slightly below ground level. Yeah. yeah I, was always, I could never quite see properly if I was in the front row. You get bloody I'm, wet if you're in the lower tier. Indeed. indeed. Not Absolutely. necessarily from the rain, I have to say. <laughs> Enough. Let's talk about Stamford Bridge. Let's talk about Stamford Bridge, which, contrary to popular belief from our northern friends, is not falling down. But yeah. um, I have to say, Gavin, now you, you'll appreciate this as a, as a statistician. I did a bit of homework today, and I always do you know, a quick look at head-to-heads recently. Yeah. And, uh, and I couldn't believe this when I found this out, but we have not lost to you lot at Stamford Bridge since 1994, yeah. right? That was so long ago, and we were so rubbish that Nigel Spackman was still playing for us, right? <laughs> you know, you won 1-0. You, yeah. you won 1-0 with a yeah. pull ride out goal. That was the last time. In fact, it's the only time you've beaten us in the Premier League era at Stamford Bridge. I had no yeah. idea that you had such an abysmal record at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, I, well, I had an idea. Which I had second thoughts of coming on the show because I thought you were probably going to mention it, you know. But we've always, since we've always had a bad... If you go back before, you know, 1992, even in the 60s yeah. when we had a good team, you had a good team. We never beat you the Stamford Bridge then. Yeah. Um, we did a couple of times in the 70s, and I've, I've actually, you know, one of that rare species has actually seen an Everton win at Stamford Bridge. You know, I am that old. Um and uh, yeah, it's it's um, it's just one of the grounds where never you know even in the mid eighties when we go Chelsea always used to turn us over you know mm. um, and you were very you know, very so, good then you had a great yeah season. yeah we, we were talking about the good uh, the Gordon Davis hat-trick last time it was yeah. on wasn't I yeah. uh, in the mid eighties yeah it was struggled we struggled with all London clubs honestly yeah uh, Arsenal Tottenham terrible records as well but Chelsea's the worst if you have a look at the results as well there's a lot there's an unhealthy amount of four nils and five nils. Yeah. Like last year was four nil, wasn't it? Um, Arguably one of our best performances of, uh, yeah. of the season. I, I, we were saying earlier on, actually, because uh, we we had Adam Newson on, who's who's a journalist mate of ours from Football London, and uh, he's doing a piece on on that mat on that match this weekend, as it's a year since we actually had fans in the stadium. That was the weekend I chose to go to a wedding in Glasgow, so I didn't actually see Chelsea's best performance of the season, or in fact their last match when they had fans in. But never mind. Um, things have changed an awful lot. Uh, obviously, you know, since then, we've got a new manager. Um, I would say that you're you're a, a lot more settled now with, with Carlo in charge. Uh, our form recently, you know, has clearly been very good. You know, we're unbeaten uh, since Tommy Tuchel took the reins. I mean, last night we played really, really well against Liverpool, it has to be said. But it's been a bit stodgy, you know. We're not scoring many goals. Whereas you guys, I mean... You know, you've you've won your last three, um, but they've been also fairly. You know, one nil to West Brom away, one nil at home to Southampton. Both sides in in, in pretty poor form. Uh, Two nil away to Liverpool, another very poor side in very poor form, obviously. Um, <laughs> but I mean, before that, you had a couple of defeats. I mean, understandably yeah. at home to Man City, surprisingly um, at home to Fulham. Although Fulham, I think, are giving quite a few people a bloody nose who don't expect it at the moment. How are you? Where are you with your form at the moment? Um, that's a very, very good question. Um, I think, to be honest with you, um, 
I think in terms of our records, if you have a look at our season's record there, kids, we, we play better against the better teams. Mm. I think Carlo is quite happy against the bigger teams to just set up quite defensively and hit teams on the break, especially, you know, away from home. We've won at, like, Leicester, Wolves, Spurs, Liverpool, got a draw at Man, Man United. You know, grounds that we traditionally, you know, suffer. So he's quite he's quite comfortable setting up, um, you know, as a counter-attacking team. Um, where he's struggled and where we have struggled is when we played there. I say some of the lesser lights in the Premier League, where we've got to we've got to have the have the initiative and go for it. I think that's where we've struggled, um, and that's reflected in our home form. Maybe I mean, Newcastle have done the double over us. Really? Um, yeah, I mean we've lost we've lost you know uh, Fulham at home, Leeds at home, West Ham at home. Um, you know, games that we we should be expecting to win, but we we struggled to, to enforce our game on the on the opposition who just sat deep. And and that's been ironically that's been the problem this year. It's sort of the reverse of the usual problem for us. I mean, within that is it is this thing as well as it is easier playing away from home, isn't it? It's additional because of because of the crowd thing. I think that comes into. We haven't lost last nine Premier League games away from home. You know, going into uh, Monday. Kevin, why, so, um, why is, is Richarlison scoring so many at the moment? He scored for, um, three in a row, hasn't he? Four in a row? He's four, four in the Premier League and he's four is, Premier is, League is, games on the run. Is getting further? Is he hitting the crosses more? Is he being given given more uh, um, opportunities to score? Because it's just it, uh, a good run. Yeah, it's more, more opportunities, John. What, what, what Carlo set up at the start of the season, 4-3-3, with Calvert-Loon playing central strike and Richarlison left and, you know... Um, Hannah's or Wobie on the other side. And um, the Charleston, I don't know whether you look at it, when it, you know, was it, he never looks a happy bunny on the pitch. Very <laughs> I, I love players like that. To be honest, Kevin, <laughs> yeah. I love play. I love grumpy yeah. players. I love them. Yeah, well, I remember what, at the end of the last, the last game, he threw himself at, at somebody and got a foul through actually throwing himself and then falling over, holding his head. So I've yeah, always, yeah. to be kind of, a, he's so unhappy most of the time. He'd be given the yeah. foul by the ref. Regardless, just take pity on him because he's yeah, he's just uh, you know what mood he's in, and I think what what Carlo's done is in the last four or five games, we've been playing sort of like a four four two where he's been playing sensitive with Calvert Lewin, so consequently he's been seeing more of the ball in the you know the dangerous areas, and he's been getting more opportunities, and he's our best player, Charleston. I know sometimes you can you know throw a wobbler and and a moody, but he's our best player. That you know he, he has. He's about, you know, he could play from the league club, Carvalhoon, you know. Uh, sorry, uh, well, Carvalhoon could probably be fair with Charleston. Um, but in doing that, you see, Carvalhoon likes 4 3 3 because if you see, don't know if seen his goals this year, tend to be out wide, either crosses in to, to score with his header or gets to the byline and he taps it in the six yard box. Yeah, he's but, very four, good in four, the six yard box. Look yeah, yeah. Yeah. 4 4 2, you don't really get that opportunity. Um, and I think that. that System favours Richarlison more than, than Calvert Lewin. So he's now seeing the best of Richarlison. And Calvert Lewin's form is dipped. Mm, so if you, it'd be interesting to see how he sets up. I mean, when we played you with uh, March, we played 4 3 3. Uh, I think we played 4 4 2, 2 or 4 3 3. And your, your midfield out on the dust, you know, passed us and took advantage of the extra man. So it'd be interesting to see how you've been setting up in this like 3 4 2 1. Mm. Um, I, I don't see him, I, I don't see him changing from that. I mean, it's in, I mean, everybody says, yeah. oh, he, you know, he, he adapts and he plays all these different systems, but he's not changed it once. 
and I really don't see him changing it now. Uh, and I think, you know, the one thing that we have found clearly is that the three four two one absolutely has solidified us defensively. We look far yeah. more solid now. And I can't see him giving that up in a hurry. I mean, they changed tactics last night because they knew Liverpool would would be, you know, would press very, very high and leave gaps in behind. And it was very unusual for us to see them, uh, to see Chelsea, you know, play in a way that really suits Werner. Because Can't, up, Kante's, the, sorry, Mount's goal was was Kante's long chip, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. That Mount just brought inside. And, and Werner's goal was another Werner, long chip. Yeah, oh, it got ruled out for VAR, didn't it? I forgot. <laughs> but there you no, go. But, yeah, where it was coming from there was by the Carlo changes mm. on Monday to come to your, your system, you know. You might just keep four across the middle to come to come to your four, you know. Um, but it'd be, it'd be interesting to see. We're not conceding many. You're not conceding many. I did another podcast before and I got asked for my prediction, which I'll give you later on. Yeah, but right. it, could be, it could be tight. Um, yeah, well, that's interesting. I mean, I wonder if, if, if a lot of, you know, good uh, tactical managers have done this and even some not very good ones like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, but... Uh, a lot of a lot of uh, <laughs> managers have have kind of rumbled the fact that our main uh, our, our you know our, our attacks mainly come through the wing back. So we try to get wide and put balls in, which is a pretty stupid strategy, frankly, Gavin. If we're playing Werner up front as a number nine, not so bad if you got Tammy Abraham or Giroud. But yeah, actually, yeah. nevertheless, what what they've done is that they've tried to match up and they've put their wing backs on our wing backs, which stops them getting forward and has been quite effective. And that means that we just try and pass through people, which is very easy to defend against. So I think it'll be interesting to see what Carlo does about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sense of the defence, we've been quite good. You know, Ben Godfrey's been a superb sign, and so we, we, we are solid through the defence. Um, I don't think you'll get the space that you got, obviously, last night. Um, where you looked as though you could break through the pool that will at one stage in the first half, wouldn't you? Um, so yeah, I think two experienced tactical minds to play on on Monday and it'd be fascinating to see. I mean the one one advantage you've got is I mean looking at your bench last night is really strong bench that isn't it? You know you know as a neutral. I mean we we had a we didn't have nine chef we only had eight eight on the bench and two of them were goalkeepers. <laughs> you know and I was looking at your bench last night and that bench and you, you look like a full team. Yeah. Yeah. On your bench, I'd like I said, I mean, I'd look like an under twenty three, under twenty three team with two mm. goalkeepers. Wow. Uh, yeah, so it'll be that's where you got the advantage. But it's a tough game for us, Chidge, on uh, on Monday. I said before that after playing Man City, you're not playing Man City. I think Chelsea way is about the toughest game you can get in the Premier League at the moment. Wow, that's that's yeah. praise indeed, Marco. I yeah, mean, yeah, excellent, excellent. Yeah, I'm I'm really heartily encouraged by that, Marco. What do you think of that? What's that, mate? Uh, Gavin says that uh, apart from Man City, we're probably the hardest team to play against at the moment. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, definitely since um, Tuchel's come on board, that you know we're just tight at the back now, aren't we? Um, I mean, the only I still get nervous when uh, Mendy tries to play football. Um, I, I get nervous we, when any of the back lot trying to play <laughs> football, mate. But that's just um, me, I think. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it's working at the moment, and. Um, it's just a question of, I mean, I think the team that played against us the best, but they didn't have the quality in depth, was Barnsley in the first half of the FA Cup. Because <laughs> they, had, they had it completely worked out. and um, Very true. They, they were causing us all kinds of problems. If they'd have had a, a bit of quality in, in their side up front, they'd have taken their chances and created a bit of an upset. So 
it, it can be done and there's no room for complacency. Um, so, you know, and the challenge for Tuchel is when, when somebody does, uh, you know, quality side does work it out, uh, how, how he sets up to, to combat that. How he responds, I couldn't agree more. Bottom line is, Gavin, it, I mean, in, in, in the words of people like Sky, who, let's face it, we don't try and repeat too often, uh, but this is a six-pointer, isn't it? As you were kind of alluding to early on, you know, because if you win, you go above us. If we yeah. win, we're we're you know putting a bit of clear blue water between you and the the chasing pack for top four. In fact, we'll get quite close to uh, to Leicester, I think, if they don't uh, if they don't win. So uh, it's a yeah. very very big match. There's a lot at stake, I think, for this, isn't there? Yeah, that's why. <laughs> six o'clock on Monday doesn't seem to be the right time, does it? To have one of the the matches of the weekend, isn't it? Really, um, yeah. in terms of the top four race and and um, further ambitions. So. Yeah, it, I think it's a, a do not lose match. Ah, a dare not lose I match. Think, yeah, I think I think it's a. Uh, I'm just wondering if you. I mean, you're at home, slightly different to you, isn't it? Um, I think different vibe. If you said to Carlo now, could you take a point on Monday? He'd say yeah. And he'd, ra- looking, he'd raise and, his left eyebrow and say, yes. <laughs> "Oh yes." Yeah, and I think I think as much as one for us getting up points, it's stopping you getting three. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, um, and I think that's just as important. And you know, there's an fact I mean, the, the Manchester derbies before our game, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It'd be interesting to see if City turn United over. All of a sudden, there's a big uh, yeah. opportunity there for for both teams, especially yeah. yourself. I mean, we have got a game in hand as well, Evan. Yes. Um, so, which is Villa, I think. Um, yeah, it's a massive, ma- massive game in terms of the top four. And I think it's a do not lose game, okay. and I think that might be reflected in our, our tactics in particular. Are you, you're going to go for a draw, then, James. I can smell it. I can smell it. You're going to go for a draw, aren't you? Um, me? Oh, yeah. 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 I, I think I'm going to go. You know what? I'm going to, can I be really boring and say it's going to be a ghastly, tea spoiling, you know, Monday night spoiling, goalless draws <laughs> between, <laughs> between two. Get- Coach. I mean, the thing about the Chelsea Watson last night, and it was what you can see Tuchel's coaching Carney a mile off. Yes, you know the, the, yes. the passing. You see a really, really well coached team. Yeah, uh, and I think I think Carlo is experienced. I just got a funny feeling they cancel each other out and have been nil nil. But if it's a three all draw, I'll never invite you back on the show again. Obviously. Well, I mean, we I've, <laughs> yeah. I've I've seen a three three yeah. with you lot. Not I mean that oh, was that yeah. JT's last minute goal, which is one of the best yeah. feelings I've had at Stamford Bridge ever. I think. But Gavin, yeah. what, I, go yeah. on, mate. Sorry, go on, go on, Gavin. Yeah, I was going to say that that wouldn't count. That would be uh, I was mal offside. It was. <laughs> Yeah, if, if we'd have had VAR, it would have never been given offside. Yeah, it was offside. Yeah, but absolutely. Gavin, Gavin, I, I, you know, I think that's very astute. I, I mean, Carlo, we love Carlo still. I mean, I think I, I, I speak for the others, but I know that they'd agree. We, we've got a lot of love for Carlo, and he's a very astute, proper Italian manager. And and you're right. You know, if this is as important as we're all saying it is, you know. A draw is going to suit you with a game in hand, and he's smart and savvy enough to try and go out and get that. I think, and and I think a draw is not a bad prediction. Uh, we will be giving ours later, so you'll have to listen back for that. But <laughs> that's unfair. <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, how else yeah, do I get people listening. to listen to the show? For God's sake! Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Can I just say a second? I was present when um, when we beat you five one at the Bridge in nineteen sixty five. I just thought I'd. Ah, oh, right. Well, so, you know, you know. Yeah, sorry, John. You know, 
Yeah, it, it reminds me, you know, Ed Stewart, the DJ. Remember yeah, Ed Stewart? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he was a massive Everton fan, wasn't he? And he, he, I meant to say this last time, so he became an Everton fan because dad took him to Stamford Bridge in 1949 and Chelsea beat Everton 6-0 and he felt sorry for Everton. So he carried on some then on. and then, like, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> I like that a lot. Brilliant. I like that a yeah. lot. That's brilliant. Gavin, apart from all of that, it's been brilliant uh, talking to you again. It really is lovely of you to come and give us uh, your time. Very generous Pleasure. of you. Um I can't wish you luck for Sunday, but I do wish you luck for uh, the rest of the season. And and I mean, not least because, as I said, we've got a lot of love for Carlo, and and I and I like to see him do well as long as it's not at our expense. So uh, enjoy the game. I attempt to get a Carlo song going in the four nil. I start in each stand. Carlo, Carlo, no, any attention to me at all? No, that's understandable. Yeah, Tiz, I'm going to claim the moral high ground. I'm going to wish you all luck for Monday night. Okay. Good. Well, that's very, very lovely of you. That is, that is genuinely very lovely. Season. Well, I yeah, certainly, yeah. I, I, yeah. I certainly wish you luck, luck for the rest of the season, as I yeah, said. Yeah. Um, and let's both uh, delight in the demise of Liverpool, a thing that will unify <laughs> both of us quite happily. Yeah. Right but what I was thinking of that. What's that joke, Stalin? Please, the enemy's enemy is your greatest friend. The enemy of know, my yeah. enemy is my friend. Yeah. That's right. Well, there yeah, you go, yeah, yeah. James. Yeah. You enjoy the weekend. Yeah. Enjoy the match on Monday. Really lovely to see you again. Thank you so much for right, uh, yeah. for taking to part. And you never know. We'll see you next season when we meet again. Are you still in the cup, by the way? Are you still in the cup? Oh, yeah, we're still in the cup. we got oh. City at home. Well, well yeah. that's Stranger yeah. things have happened. You never know. He may yeah, see yeah. you yet. You never know. Yeah. You never uh, know. It'd be nice for the, nice for the final again, wouldn't well, it? That would be something. Apart from the fact yeah, that yeah. none of us can be there, which is a rather annoying <laughs> yeah. thing. But there you go. We, we can see the show, though, again, can't we? We certainly can. Gavin, <laughs> brilliant to see you, my friend. Right, Lovely yeah. stuff. You take care, and we'll hopefully see you very soon. Yeah, take care, everyone. Well done, Gavin. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Bye. See ya. Great stuff there. That's Gavin Buckland, who is uh, Everton's official statistician and actually a very lovely chap. We really like having Gavin on the show, don't we, JK? Brilliant. Quite brilliant. Proper football fan. Proper football fan. Very, very generous of him to wish us luck for Monday. That's above and beyond the call of duty in my book, so fair play to him. Anyway, uh, right, we're going to... You are? I don't think he meant it. (laughs) You're so disingenuous, you really are. Listen, on that point, a uh, very quick plug. Um, as you probably know, I'm I'm doing, a, well, together with many, 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 many lovely people, but doing a big Stamford Bridge sleepout, a virtual one this time, because we can't go to Stamford Bridge and do it, but it'll be the international uh, weekend, uh, March the 27th, I believe. And I shall be sleeping on my shed floor, my garage floor, uh, fortified beforehand by a fire pit, a big Monte Cristo cigar and a glass or five of whiskey. Uh, but nevertheless, I indulge you to sponsor me, indulge me, in fact, actually indulge Stoll, because that's who we're really raising the money for, who are the veterans who live next door to us, many of whom have suffered from homelessness. So if you can see your way clear to sponsoring me, I would be very, 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 very grateful and I will love you all very much. Very easy to do. Just go to my Twitter handle, at Stanford Chidge, and my pinned tweet uh, has all the details for the Virgin uh, Money Giving Fund. So there you go. Anyway, we will be back in a minute to talk about our preview of the Chelsea Everton match. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com 
Welcome back. This is Stanford Chidge. This, of course, is the Chelsea Fancast Friday night preview show with me and Jonathan Kidd. Hello. And the wonderful Mr. Marco Warrell. Buonasera. Whose stylophone has sadly run out of juice. Yeah. There'll be. I left it switched on the last time. I was on this program, which was quite some time. I know. There'll be people yet to be discovered in the Amazon rainforest who are heartbroken not to be able to hear your stylophone tonight. Exactly. Exactly. But never mind. They'll just have to to settle for your innate intelligence of all things Chelsea, Mark. Um, Starting uh, with which, I mean, and picking up really from what we were talking about with Gavin, um, he's right, actually. It's It's a big match on Monday, isn't it? There's a lot at stake for this old top four. Uh, is it another must-win for Tommy T's Blue and White Army? Um, well, I think they're all must-wins, really. Mm. You know, because team, teams seem there's a lot of there's a lot there's a lot of there's a lot of income apart from Chelsea and Manchester City at the moment. Um, you know, so results have kind of favoured Chelsea of late. Um, so, given the fact that Everton are also vying for a top four berth. Um, you know, definitely this one has to be a must win. Um, but I, I, I kind of, I kind of half hope that uh, we're going to steamroll them in the way that we did last season, which that was the last time I was at the bridge, and it was also my daughter Misty's first uh, game at the bridge, um, and that was an outstanding performance. Probably, probably the best that we saw under under Frank Lampard. Because William um, and Pedro scored, didn't they? I think, yeah, I think Carlo will keep it a lot tighter on uh, Monday. And, and, and given the fact that we can't really score many more than we struggle to score more than one goal in a game, um, he, he could be right with his prediction. Mm. He, well, I mean, you know when. <laughs> I think, in a sense, J.K., the match against Liverpool was a bit of an outlier. And, and again, funnily enough, I think Garin, Gavin nailed that because Liverpool, in their arrogance, decided not to, to change the way that they play at all to face Chelsea. And as I said, a blind man could have figured out that they were going to do a high press and we could we could get in behind them. And, you know, fair play to Tuchel, he did that. Carlo's not going to be that stupid. He's going to... He's probably... You know, Gavin's right. I think he is probably going to come for a canny draw. I think... I've seen them stifle us before, haven't they? Yeah. Under Carlo. Um, and just um, completely play almost contrarily to the way that we've been watching them playing against other teams. He's a he's a tactician, as we know. And I think he'll play large numbers of players at the back and and do boot the ball down the pitch and get Richarlison to run out of it. And Calvert-Lewin, because he's and, quick. Yeah, and Richarlison has that... Um, He's got that nasty aspect to him as a striker that uh, um, that, that Diego Costa always had. Is there's a there's a there's that kind of um, dark arts at- attitude towards things which he's got, which uh, and I think he'll, they'll both be. I think melting, the, the melting thing, down the pitch, thing that we know. British call cheating. I think Jonathan. That's the word. I didn't That's want to what say. We like I, to call I, it, call it the dark art. But having said that, though, I think with. If he, if he was playing, we were associated with him for a period. We thought we might be buying. It's him okay if it's on our side. Yeah, exactly. Which is a, equally British, of course. Yeah, because <laughs> we're hypocritism. Hypocriticism is our, is our middle name. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So no, but I think they'll attempt to stifle him. He's gotten uh, Sigerson is very good at that kind of thing. He's a very canny player, and I, I think they'll try and get us on the break. His question of, I mean, but Tuchel is absolutely aware of how they'll play because he's. 
this is one of the things he does. He's uh, he's a very um, astute um, and a an analyst of these kind of things. So uh, he'll set up accordingly. I think he won't get away from the fact that we you know we're we are we're we're, we're terrific defensively now. It's just a question of of what setup he plays, whether he whether a doy comes in, and um, or whether he. I'm not quite convinced that that, that Zayek will will get another another go at the moment just because he was uh, he was very poor. Well, so. that I think is a very good question, and and it's it's the one thing we really didn't get. I mean, people who who don't know this, I, I put together this. Uh, I mean, for the boys, thankfully, the one page running order is manageable. The other eight pages of notes, perhaps less so. Um, but one of the I, I quite often put a few incendiary uh, phrases into the running order to get it going, and one of them was time to bench Ziyech Marco. Um, I, I have to say, I, I don't have a lot of time for him. And I, and I think what Adam was saying earlier about the fact that Tommy T was giving him grief for not pressing back, I can't see Tommy Tuchel putting up with that for very much longer. And whilst you were saying earlier on too, I think, that you know we are in a bit of a pickle at the moment because all of our creative attacking midfielders stroke attackers, as in Pulisic, Ziyech, Havertz, Hudson, Adoy, none at Werner, you could argue as well. None of them seem to be able to nail down a place. There's not many more options, so maybe he just has to shuffle that pack until he gets the you know until it clicks. And I, I, I for one, would not be averse to seeing Hudson Adoy play in one of those roles and and have James uh, pushed up to to wing back where he can play very very well as he did the other night. Um, Ziyech. I just don't. I mean, maybe you know, I don't think Tuchel can afford to try and play him into form. There's not enough games left. It's too late for that. If you can't do it now, sit it out while somebody else can have a go. Would be my my management strategy on that. Yeah, I mean, Chelsea look lopsided when he's when he's in the team. Um, uh, well, and and down to ten men. Well, well yeah. I mean, that, that, that's probably a bit harsh, but. Yeah, you know, I think fair play, credit to Tuchel because he's tried him. Um, but, uh, you know, and he's, he's tried a few players and, you know, some 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 have obliged him more than others in, in terms of their form. Hudson-Odoi being one initially. Um, so uh, I agree, you know, I, I it grieves me when I see Hudson-Odoi and um, Reese interchange. And I understand why it's done, but... Um, I think Hudson Adoy's got the capability to uh, move, move, be, be a bit more versatile in terms of where he's positioned. I'm just, just not he sure. Needs to shoot more, doesn't he, Mark? He just needs to shoot. Yeah, clean the ball just, off. You know? Yeah, um, I, I don't know the, the, the ZH thing. I mean, he was he was a strange signing, um, and you know, it, it kind of like. I don't know, it sort of was all, all bubbled out of that Chelsea Ajax game. He played wonderfully um, against us, didn't he? But you know, well, did, that yeah, yeah, Robert, yeah, Robert yeah. Fleck played wonderfully against yeah, us. Yeah, exactly Sorry. that. Um, you know, I'm sure there's a good player there, but he needs to get his game together and we can't afford any passengers. So, you know, I mean, clearly Tuchel's um, going to have a, a shake, shakedown of the squad in, in the summer. Um but I don't, you know, we're, 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 we've got, you know, 10 games left, 10, 11 games left in the in the Premier League, plus plus the FA Cup and the Champions League. And I just don't think he can afford to play players who, you know, haven't got the appetite for the game or can't can't play to, um, you know, the, 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 the tactical setup that, that 
being asked of them. So there's no reason to play him just because he's Hakim Ziyech and he costs, you know, a few bob from Ajax. Uh, so I think he might get another chance, but that'll be it. Mm. I mean, I, the other thing, I mean, the related point to that, which we've alluded to, uh, and as did JK as well, Marco, is that, you know, I do believe that Hudson-Odoi can play in one of those two positions behind the striker. He's played it at, at, at uh, youth level and, and quite possibly for England as well. And I, and I, the other the other reason why I would like to see him tried there, I mean, he has looked better than the other players at the moment, as in Pulisic, who doesn't look in form, Ziyech, who doesn't look in form, Havertz, who doesn't look in form. But the other thing is, I don't like him playing on the wing back because I think it constrains him. And he keeps getting taken off because he can't handle the defensive responsibilities. And I just think it's a waste of what is one of our goal threats and a guy who can just skin a defence. Why waste him as a wing back? Why do it? Have him more, you know, further forward because we know he can cut inside. You know, if you played him on the left of the two, he'll cut inside and shoot on his right. He's got a great shot on him. Try him there. He can't be any worse than Pulisic, Hakim Ziyech, or Havertz. J.K. Well, I, I, I've gone on about on about this before, haven't I? That he could be Robin-like if he just came in from the left and curled the, the shots across, which he can do. I, I think he just needs to improve his shooting a bit. It's the shooting for me which is the problem. But I would play him instead of Werner if he's going to play play that setup. I don't know whether Pulisic plays on the um, plays on the right um, um, because at the moment Pulisic is is looking very off the pace. Whether he's looking slightly intimidated by playing for his previous boss, who's just playing him in the same position, using him as a sub, when as before he was he had a different role to play under Frank. But uh, no, I know I think Adoy is. Um, um, is potentially the the uh, well in the, in a in a team that isn't scoring goals. If he can just get him to go for goal, but he he does have this, this terrible desire, which they all do, which is just do the final pass and lay it off. Other than Mount, who has a has a well, good dip, I, I, there, there was a brilliant um, article in the BBC, in your BBC that uh, Tony uh, tweeted out earlier which explained the depth to which tactical and uh, data analysis has entered football. And they had a really interesting bit on expected goals. And they said that since the expected goals analysis came in, shots from distance have gone down dramatically in the Premier League. In other words, what they're finding out is that uh, data analysis is proving that you know, it's lucky when you bang one in from 30 yards. We might all love it as fans, but, it, it you know, eight times out of ten, it ain't going to work. So that's perhaps why they're now being encouraged to not shoot from distance. Instead, take the extra pass and shoot from closer. Uh, but, the, but surely distance... I think that's a load of old arse gravy, frankly, but that's what they're doing. Distance is 35 yards, surely, at the edge of the penalty area. It, you know, that, that we're still not shooting from there. You know, no, so I, that, I agree, but I think I think I think that even that's it's even affecting that is the inference yeah, that I, I got from that article. Is that, that a article. coaching thing? You think Tuchel's encouraging them? I think all, all teams are, not just Chelsea. I think yeah. you know it's it's a it's a blight on the modern game, a blight on modern you, society. J.K. You're ignoring it's the a fact disgrace. you get deflections, don't you? There's it's a deflection. Or you put I know that. You, you know, know that. that. I know that. We've only been watching Marco football. Marco knows that. Don't you know that as well, Marco? Don't you? Yeah, you know. we've only been watching football. What did I say in the in the CFC? UK had a combined watching Chelsea Football Club for over 500 years. No wonder we, we should be put down, let alone given a medal. Anyway, um, well, just to move this on a bit, I mean, it's it's a really interesting point, Marco. Go, going back to what we were saying, I mean, it kind of it, it, it tacks into that as well. 
you know, Everton are going to be tough to beat, I think. And Carlo's going to be tactically really, really, really well set up. We're not going to, it's not going to work firing balls over the top to, to, uh, to Werner because, you know, they ain't going to get the space. They might well block off the wing backs. So how are we going to, how are we going to score some goals against this Everton side? Set pieces. Mm. Pick, Pickford's, um, I don't know, Pick, Pickford's, he has some good games, but I think he's a bit suspect on uh, set pieces. So, I, I, you know, I think we've got some op- some opportunities there. Mind you, the same the same goes for Everton. So, yeah. uh, I think Rudiger might suspect. score. I think you're right there. I think Rudiger. Rudiger was mad last night. I mean, mate, he, he, he was back to his his most irritating. He, 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 fouled, he fouled Mane nearly every single time he, he went for the ball with him. And it was near, I don't know how the referee, because that was why Klopp was objecting so much, because poor old Mane was, uh, was like a kid every time he got there. He was being crushed. He just thought, oh, bloody hell. And that dreadful moment at the end where, where he pushed him and then Kovacic drilled the ball against his head, which I thought surely there'll be a, a retrospective here, but nothing seemed to happen. But no, I, I think Rudiger might score because when Rudiger, when he's really on form, is really up for corners. Otherwise, if he's not on, if yeah, he's not up for exactly. it, he fouls everybody all the time at the corner. So, uh, but no, I, 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 I just think Rudiger seems to be back to his best, which is once again is is something that's down to to Tuchel somehow just tuning into him. Well, speaks German to him, so it, it's um, it's what going on about this thing of of improving players, making them. Um, the best in their positions. Well, Tuchel appears to be absolutely fantastic at that. Other than other than up front at the moment. I mean, I think to to to, to be fair to Rudiger, I mean, I thought you know he he was pretty good. Um, he 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 wasn't. Well, he got left cast aside really by Lampard, but I thought he was pretty good prior to that. Um, so you know. A Germany international, good player, you know, Christensen. Um, they're all good players. I think it's a confidence thing. Uh, you know, players want to play, don't they? You know, I'm sure Rudiger was moaning. You know, he's getting a lot of bad press on on Twitter, wasn't he, for for various things. Um, you know, for for you know having having a dagger at uh, Frank's back, um, perhaps. Um, you know. But I think ultimately, new manager comes in. You're you're playing. You're playing. You're not playing. I mean, look at Zuma. You know, he he was back, and now he's and now he's out out in the cold again. So it's uh, you know the the Chilwell thing's quite interesting. Mm. Um, at left wing back, he was very good you know, last night. Very good last yeah. night. Yeah, well, I mean, he's a good player. So you know, good players adapt, don't they? So... Absolutely, absolutely, they do. I think is it. I think I think Alonso will be back actually because Everton are a physical side, and he's picked. Um, I mean, it's interesting that he's picked Chilwell against teams who weren't going to pose much of a physical threat. Certainly not, not on set pieces. And I think well, Alonso's he... got that lock in his locker, hasn't he? Yeah, he's good. He's good set... at defensively at set pieces, and and he's great at falling over in front of people to stop their runs. You know, it's his speciality. Uh, and of course, his beautiful hair, and uh, the fact that he's the only one that scored a decent goal for us. In well, actually, no, Mount's goal last night was special, but that volley he scored uh, against Burnley, I think it was, wasn't it, was cracking. Yeah, 
Gotta yeah. love a bit of Marcus. Um, all right then, the time to nail our colours to the mast. Uh, I shall start with you, Mister Worrell. I'm going for one nil, and if if he plays, I'll go for a Marcus Alonso free kick. Okay, I'm loving that. That's worth a, any. If that's worth a fiver of anybody's money, I think I shall be racing to my bookies right after the show. I like that one nil. One nil and a Marcus Alonso goal. Uh, J.K. I think we'll win two nil mm. because I think we'll maintain uh, our uh, integrity and, uh, and, and um, not give a goal away because we're uh, we seem to be pretty exceptional at the moment at defending. And I think um, I think we'll uh, uh, if if a Doy plays, I think he'll score. And um, uh, and if I think well, if Werner comes on, I think Werner will score. I think this is the time for Werner to score. Timo time. Yeah. Okay. Well, I see your two nil, and I and I match it. I'm going to go for a Tommy two nil. Definitely. That's what I've gone for in the world famous Chelsea Fancast Premier Predictions League, where I got a whopping great big 190 points last week. Sadly, there are plenty of other people who got about 250. Uh. But I'm in 17th, and I'm gunning Marco Worrell down. <laughs> oh yes, I'm coming for you, sunshine. Uh, Martin's doing the best of all of us, as always. He's rocketed right back up there. He got about 240-odd points. Uh, and I think Joe Mangolo is still uh, leading the table, as he has done all season. He is invincible, this man. And he's also, actually, he's he, I've discovered uh, one of the joys of, uh, of of getting more people on Patreon is that they're all joining our Discord group. And uh, I'm beginning to... Because, you see, the funny thing is, Marco, we, we see them all in Mixler, don't we, when we're doing the show, but we don't really get to really talk to them much other than by talking. Half of them are in the Discord group, so I'm actually getting to know them really, really well, and they're a really lively bunch, I have to say. But Joan Mangola is a lovely, lovely gentleman. There's no two ways about it. And I tell you what, if he wins the whole thing outright, I can't think of a more deserving person to do so. So I hope everybody who's playing the Prim Predictions League has done their uh, selections like what I have. I've gone 2-0 Chelsea. I, I, I think we're in a good vein of form at the moment, and our record against Everton is just so good. I'm feeling good about this. I'm feeling confident. So I'm leaving it at that. Uh, right. Uh, one more bit of, uh, you know, um, parish notices to give out. This is really quite exciting. Uh, we've launched it this week. Uh, we've got a new partner, brand partner, as they say in the trade, uh, who is uh, a company called Football Prizes. And guess what they do? That's right. They basically flog memorabilia, but they call it cleverly Football Prizes because there's a reason for that. Because basically what you do is you bung them five quid or £4.95 for a ticket, like a raffle ticket, and then they do a draw every Wednesday. And they do it live on Facebook at half past seven. Uh, And uh, if your name gets drawn out, you win a bit of Chelsea merch. Uh, And the first one that we're doing this week, this will be for next Wednesday's draw, so I shall be reminding you mercilessly about this fact for the rest of the week but this is great this is a signed and framed john terry chelsea shirt so it's got john terry it's actually really you can't see it because obviously this is black and white as it's radio but you've got the john terry shirt with his autograph on it and it's all framed very beautifully in a couple of pictures of jt i think one's holding the premier league trophy the other the, the other is a famous picture of him you know uh, kind of tapping his his badge and his heart, which is I think it was his last game, wasn't it? And a little kind of inscription which validates it all. So there you go. So all you need to do, uh, well, first of all, follow uh, at football underscore prizes for more information. 
uh, go to our Twitter page and you'll see see our tweet. I'll retweet it a lot over the week. It's also on our Facebook uh, fan page or whatever they call it. Um, and then you basically enter foot. You enter the draw at footballprizes.co.uk forward slash product forward slash John hyphen Terry. Uh, I think that's the entire. Yeah, basically that'll get you there. But as I said, our, the link is on our Twitter Chelsea fan at Chelsea Fancast Twitter page. And it's also on our Facebook uh, fan page. So we'll be doing that every week. So there'll be a different uh, bit of merch to win, memorabilia to win every week. There'll be signed boots. He's uh, Bill has told me all of the all of the great uh, um, all of the great prizes they've got coming up, and there are signed boots. There's Pulisic signed boots. Don't tell anybody. But there's loads and loads of stuff like that. I mean, God, you know, there's there's enough to keep you happy for decades here. So I'm really chuffed to be partnering up with them because I love a bit of memorabilia. I was showing the boys before we went on air, wasn't I? They can validate this. What what was I showing you before we went on air? I don't know, Chief. Little bit of a reminder. Oh yeah, the picture, the, the, picture. Uh, the Munich thing. Yeah. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Big photograph yeah. of the lineup at Munich. I can see myself. I know. I I was I was here somewhere. I'd have been about here. There's the goal. I'm there. You wearing a hat? Actually, there. That's the upper tier, isn't it? I don't know. No, that's that's the upper tier. I was be about there. Were you wearing a hat? You? I don't. I don't think I was. No, I wasn't wearing a hat. I wasn't wearing a hat. So there you go. That's that's a bit of memorabilia. That's my most treasured piece now. So there you go. So there you go. So I, I commend you all to join in with that. I I, I wish you all a fantastically brilliant uh, weekend. Obviously, uh, we're not on air on Monday. In fact, you know, J.K. and I will be back on Tuesday because the match is on a Monday uh, for the usual Chelsea fancast. And obviously, we'll be looking back at the Everton match on the Monday. Hopefully, a big win. And we will be joined by the two marks. Yes, indeed. But not once. But twice we've got Marco Worrell back. We've got Mark back with Mark Meehan. Those two uh, will be great value, I'm sure. Are you looking forward to that, Marco? Yeah, that'll be great. Yeah, yeah. be good to see you again. Will, will the xylophone be working by then? Ooh, I'll have to buy a P. I'll have to find see if we've got a PP3 battery. Okay. Oh, wow. Let's. Okay. We're keeping our fingers crossed for the PP3, mate. P3 battery. There you go. So definitely Mark, me and, and Mark Worrell and me and JK back on Tuesday. Quite possibly the stylophone with its new PP3 battery. We'll keep you posted over the weekend on those momentous events. Um, but there we go. That's it for us. Uh, Marco, really lovely to see you, mate. Lovely to see you. Looking very well. Good to see. And as for you, you old reprobate you. Surely young reprobate. Okay, young reprobate. You've been on cracking form this week on WhatsApp You've been and Twitter. You've been making me <laughs> giggle a lot, which I like. Good, thank you very much. Well, you were on fire today, though, Chidge. You were on fire today. On, uh, on uh, the, Yes, I have WhatsApp. to say that was that was good. Yeah, I showed... We, we've got an ad in CFC UK, which I, I shared with the with the, the, the Chelsea Fancast WhatsApp group, and uh, it alludes to the fact that there are 12 of us on the show, and we all, sorts of, we all kind of contribute different things in a way, don't we? And uh, Alex piped up very quickly and one vagina, uh, basically referring to the fact that she was a girl. And I very quickly said, surely there are 12 of those. Badum tush. You're, you're very, no, it was, well, I laughed at it at the time. I thought it was very clever. No, you missed the one out before I put. Oh, you put, and, and of course, one lovey. Yeah. And one OTT lovey. That's right. You said, that's and you right. said nobody's ever described me as that before. Yeah. Well, that was Martin. Martin did that. Martin did was, Martin no, say it was that Martin was that was chuffed about that. Anyway, we're blathering on as we all do. Uh, it's time to go. Uh, have a great weekend, everybody. Uh, enjoy the match on Monday. Uh, and stay safe, obviously. Uh, thank you for listening. See you next week. Until then, keep it blue, keep it... Ca- oh, that reminds me. 
breaking news from last night. It's official. Tim O'Werner is a listener to the Chelsea fancast because he posted on Instagram a pic of him missing, I should hasten to add, but he said, up the Chelsea. Yeah, I saw that. Oh, wow. Up the Chelsea said. Oh, God, help. So oh, clearly God. he's I've been got, listening. I've got worried comedy face on. Yeah. JK, <laughs> he is coming for you. He is oh, going no. to hunt you down. Oh, no. And What's he is going to kick you into the oh. onion bag. Oh, Yavol. Well, I've said nice <laughs> things about him this evening. But, yeah, um, there you go. Okay. Well, on that note, thank you for listening. See you next week, uh, especially for Timo Werner. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chelsea. Up the Chelsea!